welcome to this talk from Emmaus Road, a church with congregations in Guildford and Woking in the UK. To find out more about who we are and what we're up to, please visit us online at EmmausRoad.com. Well, we're going to read uh, together from Acts chapter 16, and uh, we're going to read verses 16 to 34. I think it's coming up. On the, oh, look at that. It's behind me. Brilliant. Just uh, before we do that, just want to uh, let you know, um, again, thank you for all of those of you who've um, given and helped us to buy the Founders Studio just opposite here. Uh, we now own that. I know it looks the same outwardly, but inwardly it has been utterly transformed. Uh, and uh, we now have an architect working um, trying to work out what do we do with it and how do we maximize it for all the different ministry uses that we want to put in there. And uh, then we are getting uh, builders to quote for it. And then, please trust me, we will be coming back to you to let you know uh, how much it's going to cost. Who here knows that you think the big job is buying the house and you get the house, you think, rats, the big job is actually making it good. So we'll be back, uh, I think, 22nd of September. So... Um, uh, I just want to let you know, you're probably driving past and thinking, what's happening with it? That's what's happening with it. Right, Acts 16, starting at verse 16. Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. It's interesting, isn't it, when people who have evil spirits are saying that, um, you know, you know the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Uh, if I was writing this, I would add, which was quite annoying. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. It wasn't like, in the name of Jesus Christ. He's, he's annoyed. In the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left her. When her owners, it's disturbing words, isn't it? When her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. You fight slavery you come against the powers uh, of uh, finance and control. They brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. <laughs> Thank you. So they can't, they can't be honest uh, about the fact that uh, it's simply that their economy has been damaged. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. And after they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Isn't that amazing? It's midnight. They're in the stocks, in the inner cell, in deep trouble, and they can't sleep, so they're praying and worshipping God. Um, and the other prisoners were listening to them, because <laughs> they didn't have any choice. Uh, suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake 
that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword. He was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we're all still here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. And then immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house. He set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. The jailer says to Paul and Silas, what must I do to be saved? Uh, this happened to me on Friday. Uh, I was getting my hair cut uh, not far from here, and my lovely Irish barber, all covered in tattoos, more hipster than hip, uh, was, um, as you can probably tell from, from the triumph that is my haircut. Um, <coughs> we got chatting, and then inevitably he asked what I do for a job, and I told him, and he said, so you believe in God? And I, I said, yes, waiting for the usual sort of cynical comments. And he said, oh, that's brilliant. He didn't say brilliant. He said brilliant, but you look delicate, so I'm going to clean up his language for you. Uh, and I was surprised by this. He said, I'm sick of all these atheists. I said, oh, that's very interesting. So you believe, do you? And he said, uh, he said, I used not to believe in God. Growing up in Ireland, I didn't believe in God, but I've moved to England, and, and I, I've come to believe in God. And he said, that, that, he said, there has to be morality. There has to be right and wrong. I said, you're quoting Dostoevsky. I'm sure you're aware of that. He said he wasn't. And I said, no, Dostoevsky said, without God, there is no morality. I said, I love it when my barber quotes Dostoevsky to me. And he said, the thing is, we're all messed up. And he didn't say the word messed. He said another word, but you look delicate, so I'm cleaning it up for you. And I said, now you're quoting the Apostle Paul. And then he issued another expletive that I don't think the Apostle Paul ever uh, used. And I said, yeah, the Apostle Paul said, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I said, I love it when my barber quotes both Dostoevsky and the Apostle Paul. And then we chatted a bit more. And eventually he said, um, you know what I need to do now, don't you? I said, tell me. He said, uh, these were his literal words. I'm not exaggerating this. He said, I need to be born again. How do I do that, he said. <laughs> How do I do that? I said, oh, I can help you with that. <laughs> uh, and, and I invited him to come this morning, and he, he's working this morning, so he couldn't. Uh, but we've exchanged his text messages, and, 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 and uh, we're going to meet up for coffee, because my barber said to me two days ago, what must I do to be saved? His language was, how can I be born again. That's the next step. And so 2,000 years ago, the jailer says, what must I do to be saved? Two days ago, my barber says to me, uh, how can I be born again? And, um, you know, there is an increasing spiritual hunger uh, all around in, this, in, in, in the nation right now. You are going to experience it. 
uh, you're probably already seeing it. If you're not seeing it, it's probably that you're not actually talking very much about Jesus to people who don't know him. But there is an increasing openness and spiritual hunger. Uh, the YouGov uh, research that was published in the Times newspaper in December this year discovered that atheism is declining at a rate of about 2 to 3% per annum and has been for the last three years in this country, whilst those who pray and go to church is increasing. I also told my barber that, and he issued another expletive and said, why does no one ever tell us this stuff? And, and you know, there is a change empirically, anecdotally in the nation. It's not everything, but it's something. And uh, we see some testament to that today with all those who are getting uh, baptized. Um, Ten days ago on uh, Alpha, uh, it was, they were looking at healing together. Many of those getting uh, baptized today had been through Alpha. They were looking at healing together. And a couple of words of knowledge were shared, which were accurate. And two people in Sammy's group were instantly, completely healed and have been healed ever since. That just happened. That, it's interesting, this stuff. You have to come to church to hear this stuff because they don't publish it in the newspapers. But this stuff is happening. We'll, I'm sure we'll hear more about that. Fourteen days ago, I this t- time two weeks ago, I was in America and I was sitting in a restaurant in Colorado and, and my waiter happened to tell me his name was Brendan and I said, wow, that's a great name. Do you know where it comes from? He said, I think it's Irish. I said, it is Irish. Brendan was the great Celtic navigator and you know he, he crossed the Atlantic according to legend uh, and, and he'd hoisted his sail and said, I'll go wherever the Holy Spirit leads me and, and, and there's some evidence that Brendan might have made it to uh, North America long before for Columbus and any of those because he reported seeing uh, floating white mountains, which of course are icebergs. And I said, isn't that amazing? And I just said to him, do you think your name's an accident or might it mean something? He said, I think it might mean something. So I said to him, well, um, maybe God is calling you to be an adventurer and someone who goes wherever he takes you. I said, is there a sense of adventure in you? He said, there is. I'm always unsatisfied. Let me tell you what I really want to do with my life, not be a waiter. He began to share his vision. And I said, could I pray with you for those things to happen in your life? And he said, yes. I said, I don't want to mess you up. I know you're at work. We'll try and give you a good tip, but I can't promise. And he said, that's okay. And he sat down next. We prayed for him, and he was there weeping by the end of that time. There is such an openness in our nation, if we'll just be honest and take every opportunity that is afforded us. And um, God is doing something wonderful in the world. Just... um, Uh, Over the last couple of weeks, I want to show you three snapshots. You'll have seen this one already. Uh, This was Hong Kong a couple of weeks ago. Millions in the streets, as you know, protesting against the tightening up of the extradition laws uh, from the Chinese mainland uh, and actually protesting some of the deeper issues there. But what's remarkable about it, as you know, is the great anthem of those protests in the streets of Hong Kong. Uh, And you can look on YouTube, you'll hear it, is they're all singing, sing hallelujah to the Lord, sing hallelujah to the Lord. And you've got that extraordinary sign there, stop using batons on us or we'll sing hallelujah to the Lord. If you ever heard me sing hallelujah to the Lord, you would stop using batons on me. So uh, uh, it's interesting, isn't it, when the worship gets out into the streets, when something of the presence of God and the reality of God starts to overflow and even engage politically. And, and the key to a peaceful protest in Hong Kong, which is currently being contested, seems to be uh, this desire to worship. This was uh, a couple of weeks ago in Brazil, in Sao Paulo, 
the, uh, 3 million people, uh, more than 3 million they reckon, were marching saying, our nation belongs to Jesus uh, Christ. That's millions and millions of people. I, I, I want to say this, and this isn't in any way a dig, please hear me, but, but way more than have been on the pride marches are doing this, but it just doesn't get reported. That's not a slight at the pride marches, but I just want you to understand there is an agenda of the news that's being fed to us, and there is another and a bigger story out there. And if little old me and a little group like this can't share some of the other side, then we don't understand fully what some of what is happening in uh, the world. And... Um, then, of course, nine days ago at Glastonbury, we had this extraordinary moment when Stormzy, having released only one album, stood up uh, in front of a crowd of 203,000 people, the biggest festival in the world, and a, a TV and online audience of multiple millions, and chose to use that platform to pray and to worship God. Now, I want to say very clearly, I don't agree with everything that Stormzy does. If any of you follow me on social media, you'll know that some people, uh, uh, because some Stormzy uses some rude words, a bit like my barber, uh, or because he's expressed certain political views, uh, are rubbishing everything. And I want to say, if that's the position you hold, you'll never lead anyone to Jesus, because we're all a mixture of the good, the bad, and the ugly. And it's, uh, it's when we spot the good and celebrate it that we can help the good to grow. And if you're just always nitpicking and waiting for perfection uh, amongst other people, you're going to be waiting an awfully long time. And so uh, I, I try to go quiet on social media. But I do... This is a church... This is a church and I'm one of your pastors, and I, 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 my job is trying to help you to grow as carriers of the good news of Jesus. And so don't go around telling people who are not Christians what's wrong with them. Identify what's right with them. Identify what is of God in them. And by uh, encouraging them and blessing that, they will feel loved, they'll feel listened to, and they'll be open to the challenges. Amen? And so, you know, Stormzy stood there in front of 203,000 people. And he sang, I'm blinded by your grace. Lord, I've been broken. Although I'm not worthy, you fixed me. I'm blinded by your grace. You came and saved me. Lord, I've been broken. Although I'm not worthy, you fixed me. Now I'm blinded by your grace. Is it encouraging that Stormzy has pointed millions of people towards Jesus when he could have pointed them anywhere he pleased? Yes. Did it get a tiny bit easier the following Monday for teenagers to stand up and own their Christian faith at school because he did that? Yes. When the jailer asks, what must I do to be saved? Paul replies, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your whole household. That process of believing and being saved for some is a very sudden epiphany, as it is for the jailer there, as it was for the woman um, on Pentecost Sunday, what was that, about three weeks ago now, a month ago, at, uh, up Stag Hill at Guildford Cathedral. I've already told you about that, but Sammy and I walking out of the cathedral after I had the opportunity of preaching to everybody and leading people to pray a simple prayer, giving their lives to Jesus, and this young woman came running up to us, said, thank you for your talk, and uh, we were polite back. And then she said, you've got to understand, I'm an atheist. And, and, and we, we said, um, oh, now, you know, uh, why were you here? And she said that she'd got um, a little bit drunk at a nightclub and met a guy and he'd been dragging her along to church. 
and then she'd been dragged along to this prayer meeting at the cathedral, and then she said, it's all, and she used a rude word, uh, isn't it? And then realized she was speaking to the preacher in the cathedral and probably said the wrong thing. And um, then um, I said, did you pray that prayer thing? And she said, yes, I did. And she said, it's weird, but now I find that I believe. I, I can't explain it. I find that I believe. I, I just believe. And then she said this lovely thing. She said, there's something happening to me. I can't explain it, but I feel um, I, something's filling me up from the inside that's bigger than I am. And Sammy explained, that's the Holy Spirit, and we prayed with her then and there. That's, that was three, four weeks ago, just up, up the road there. Uh, she, she's been filled with the Spirit. She, she has done exactly what Paul says to the jailer, believe and you will be saved. And so for some it is sudden, as it was for that woman, on Stag Hill, as it was for that jailer. For some, the process of coming to believe is a more gradual one. My barber is on that journey. He's moved from atheism to theism, and now he's saying, I need to get born again, and we're trying to fix up a coffee. So for some, it's a process. And um, a lot in that process, people have many questions. It's understandable. By the way, you'll always have questions. You know, I, I found that um, you know, being a follower of Jesus answers one set of questions, and then it raises a whole new set of questions. I probably have more questions now than I did when I first got baptized at the age of 18. And, and, and so, um, you know, it makes sense. God is bigger than us, bigger than our brains, and therefore we're never going to fully understand. There's always going to be mystery. It's always going to be faith. Um, where's Harry? Oh, come on, Harry, come on up. So for Harry's been on, on a, a journey. His process of believing has been a process. I know one or two of you heard Harry's story before, but he's about to get baptized. And it never gets, I, I never get tired of hearing people's stories. Just give us the headlines of your journey of coming to believe so that in an hour or so you're going to get baptized. Uh, right. Um, yeah. Just a brief summary of. It needs to be relatively brief. Yeah. Um, so um, I went through a pretty rough time with my mental health. Um, my, uh, my, my weight dropped down to um, 44 kilograms. Um, I was on the verge of death. Um, in fact, I collapsed on the riverway um, towpath. If I'd been half a meter to my left, I would have fallen in the river and I would have died. Um, but that was just what I needed to make me realize that something wasn't quite right. And around that time, I started to come to church. Uh, you were speaking about healing, and you offered prayer. Um, prayed with me at the uh, end of the service, and uh, you, you basically told me that I'd stand on stage and tell people how I had got better. And I remember, I, I said before, but I thought at the time you were completely mad. Um, and... But it just gave me that little bit of encouragement. And then going to Alpha and just coming back to church, I experienced so much love from so many different people here and encouragement when I had absolutely nothing to give. And that just encouraged me to keep coming back. And then February this year, uh, I had a moment where um, I came out of one of my weekly therapy sessions. And in my head, I just thought, oh, it, it all makes sense. I, I understand what's happening. And... Then I thought, oh, I, I think I actually believe everything that 
has been going on at church. And I just had this moment where, in my chest, I just felt incredible, and I, I just wanted to jump around, and I felt like I was overflowing with something. And I just, since then, I've had so much more energy than I've ever had before. I, I want to tell absolutely everybody um, about how much joy and peace knowing God's love can give you. And, um, yeah, I've just been seeing some incredible things in my life and my friend's life since. Amazing. And uh, how many times have you done Alpha? Uh, four. There you go. Brilliant. Thank you, Harry. That's fantastic. So some, it's sudden, like the jailer, uh, like the lady up uh, Stack Hill. Some, it's a process going through four alphas and everything else uh, that, that brings us to that place. And for some of you, you're on that journey. You're coming to believe. Uh, and for some, uh, it's a sudden thing. It may even be that today you're here thinking, I actually believe this stuff. There's a lovely verse in the Bible where someone says to Jesus, I do believe, help me in my unbelief. And, and, and I find that I just doubt everything in life these days. And, and actually, the thing that takes least faith, it still takes faith, but least faith is just believing that the world is designed by someone and that there is a fundamental goodness behind the world. And uh, I know that if that God that m the majority of people believe in is, is, is real, I want him to be like Jesus, because there's just no competition, frankly, loving and kind, forgiving, gracious, because I am a sinner, I am a mess. And this discovery that knowing I've messed up, as my barber reminded me this week, I can go to the God who is perfection and he will forgive me. And the, the, the Bible says very simply that it is through Jesus' death on the cross that we can be forgiven and given a fresh start in, life, start in life. That's why my barber said, how can I be born again? It's a quote from John chapter 3. I don't suppose he knew that. He just picked the language up somewhere. But Jesus says to a man called Nicodemus, you've got to be born again. You need a completely fresh start. That's what Harry has experienced a completely fresh start. All things made new. That God didn't just make the world once, but he's still making you. You can have a new beginning, a new start, a new hope. There can be a new song in your heart as a result of encountering the beautiful forgiveness of God. That's what Stormzy was singing about. I'm blinded by your grace. I've been broken. I'm not worthy, but you fixed me. This is the good news of the gospel that makes three million people march in Sao Paulo and all the rest of it. So we read, the jailer and all his household were baptized. And he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. And we see that joy on Harry's face and on the faces of those being baptized. This gospel fills us with joy. It is good news for individuals, but also we see here for whole families. That's why Summerfest 
is a family festival. There's going to be kids with their faces painted and with e-numbers being pumped into them via ice cream and everything else. And oldies sitting on sophisticated picnic blankets and tugs of war uh, with middle-aged men like me pretending they're not middle-aged. And uh, it's the whole family. And even on the stage here, we had different age groups because the good news is for families. That's what makes Stormzy stand in front of millions and sing of this grace. That's what uh, millions of people march through Sao Paulo to celebrate and I was, I was going through some of our pictures from previous baptisms, and this is the picture that to me encapsulates the joy of new life, the joy of baptism. There's Jess getting baptized down at the Witterings, and you see it on her face. Baptism is the response to believing. And it may be there's someone here that I'm about to give you an opportunity to become a follower of Jesus. Uh, and, and it may be that you've been on a long process and today's the day to stop putting it off. Uh, it may be that you've not even been thinking about this, but you're here today and you're going, I know it's true. Like the jailer, it's a sudden thing. And, and we're going to cut out all our usual red tape, all our usual processes. And if you give your life to Jesus today and you'd like to get baptized, we'll just baptize you this afternoon because it's there in the Bible. Like they did it that night. They didn't even wait till daybreak, as far as I can make out. So uh, it may be someone here, you didn't know you, this was the day that you were going to become a follower of Jesus and get baptized. But I'm going to give you an opportunity to do so in the moment. I'll, the moment. I'll lend you some swimming trunks or whatever if you need to. Or if you're a woman, I, I, I won't. My wife will lend you. I don't, I don't know about the practicalities. Um, maybe you do feel broken and unworthy. That's the Stormzy lyric. Maybe like the jailer 2,000 years ago or my barber two days ago, you are saying, what must I do to be saved from the mess of my life, the mess of my thought world, the mess of my family, maybe the mess of your finances, maybe just the hopelessness of everything's going well, but you're starting to think, what does it actually mean? What must I do to be saved? And the answer hasn't changed in millennia. It's the same answer that's shared in Sao Paulo, the same answer that's shared in every church, two billion of us meeting today around the world. You must believe in Jesus Christ and be baptized. And so what we're going to do now is uh, I'm going to uh, pray a prayer, and I'm going to invite all of you uh, to pray this prayer with me, because I find it's worth becoming a Christian most days. Some of you may well be about to pray this prayer for the first time, though. And I want to tell you, God sees you in the crowd. He knows you. He loves you. You've got a different set of fingerprints to anyone else in here. Uh, and, and he's going to hear your prayers. And, and, and it's with simple choices that we change the world, actually. A simple choice to say yes to Sammy, and I became her husband. It's the simple choices, and you're going to make a simple choice that's going to have a profound impact on your life. And uh, any of you who pray that this prayer for the first time, we want to give you a, uh, a Bible. This is a super nice one. Red leather cover. Smells nice. And it's even got gold on the edge just to show it's super holy. And um, we, we'd love just to give you one of these to help you start out. So um, you can come and get one of those from me later if you 
or get it from the welcome point downstairs on your way out if you pray this prayer for the first time. And let me just say this. When we baptize people, it is a celebration of this gospel message. We lower them down into the water, and it is a picture of being buried, dead in our sins, dead in the mess of our lives, dead, as it were, with Jesus Christ, because when he died on that cross, he died for us, and if you like, with us. Uh, and the, the, the great news of the gospel is that we don't leave the people in the water, but we lift them out again because three days later, Jesus rises from the dead. There is resurrection. And we know that at the baptism of Jesus, at that moment, the Spirit of God came down like a dove and the Father spoke words of approval over the Son. And so we are going to pray for a baptism in the Spirit as well as a baptism in water. The water doesn't just provide imagery of death and resurrection, but of getting clean. It's a bath. And so this is a moment of leaving behind our sins and being cleansed and starting out brand new, blinded by grace. And so this is the beautiful thing that we're going to do together uh, just down in God. I mean, you're all invited. If you haven't booked a ticket, just come. Uh, grab a sandwich or something on your way down uh, from wherever and come and join us. It's great fun. We'd love to have you there. But um, I wonder if we could stand together, please. It'd be great to get the band back. So I'm going to just pray a simple prayer, and I'd love you just to repeat this prayer after me, all of us out loud. And um, some of you, you'll have prayed this kind of prayer many times, and some of you, this is going to be the first time that you really make this commitment to God. This is going to be your moment of choosing to be a Christian, part of the family of God. And um, so, so I'll tell you where we're going. The first bit of the prayer is just saying sorry for all the bad stuff. The next bit of the prayer is acknowledging that when Jesus died on that cross, it was personal, it was for me. Asking for his forgiveness and then choosing to follow him. That's where the prayer is going. It's not going to be very long. So let's um, just pray this together, shall we? As I say, I'll, I'll pray one line and then if you can all just pray out loud. And it'd be nice for it not to be like a... Blah, 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 blah. It'd be nice to like... You know, pray it with some conviction. Uh, so let's pray. Jesus, I need to be saved. I've sinned in thought and word and deed. I'm sorry. Thank you that you died on the cross for me. Please forgive me my sins. Give me a fresh new start. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I want to be a Christian. Help me to follow you today and for the rest of my life. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Now, those of you who know this was you becoming a Christian, this was you making that choice the first time, or you've been away from faith and this is you coming back, 
uh, just come and chat to me. I'd be down the front and uh, would love to give you a Bible, uh, the world's best-selling book, uh, to help you start out uh, on, your, on your faith. Uh, if you don't get to see me, then also down at the welcome point, uh, you can pick up one of these. Just say, I prayed that prayer thing, and they will smile, be nice to you, and give you a Bible. We would love to do that today. So let's uh, just worship the Lord, and then Bill is going to just take us through any logistics for Summerfest. So thank you. <laughs> 